1: Hey, guys, you ever wonder what Phil and I wear while we podcast? You can find out if you join our Patreon. We'll also be talking about the films of 1989, but that's definitely less important than seeing our Zoom backgrounds, our headphone choices, and our sweatshirts. It's
3: true. It's true. You'll get to see all the various pieces of artwork that I have framed on my office wall, and you can see Kenny's garden, sort of. So that's something. That's exciting. It's a hanging garden. It's a hanging garden, uh, but perhaps more important than anything, uh, we are doing this Patreon to cover the best films of 1989. Uh, Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, with amazing guests like Tom Meissen, Liz Hanna, Joanna Robinson, Brian Cogman, Chuck Hayward. You can sign up at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989. And for $5, you'll get access to all the audio of these fantastic episodes. For a few bucks more, you'll get video as well of our 99 and 89 episodes. And perhaps, most importantly, you'll be supporting us uh, so we can just keep making podcast content for you guys.
1: Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to podcast like it's 1999 the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a lovely little bookshop here in 2021. I'm one of your hosts Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phyllis Gove and with us today writer producer um, one of your favorites a reg Corinne Steichman great to have you back.
4: <laughs> Hi guys thanks for having me again for this wonderful film.
1: Thank you, so
3: for, for, you. thank you for for thank you watching this movie, Corinne. That's really kind of what, I mean, for taking the time, the 88 minutes of The Love Letter, which felt like easily 120.
4: Yeah, for a movie that was 88 minutes, I paused it like a million times <laughs> and was like, how much more? How much more? And the answer was always 25, 25 minutes, <laughs> which seems like it should be short, but it yeah. feels longer because you're like, 25 yeah. minutes, you are supposed to be done
3: this is one of those movies I I didn't hate it I did just to be clear I didn't I didn't hate it I just thought it was kind of snoozy and not particularly interesting I didn't hate it I just I just oh I want to
1: hear the hot takes go ahead Phil but I want to hear the hot takes
3: I just I'll just say that that this movie which basically doesn't exist I mean if you were to ask people did you know that there was a movie starring Kate Capshaw and Ellen DeGeneres that came out on the same weekend as Star Wars people would be like sure I mean okay no they'd be like no (laughs) <laughs> right like it's this is not a movie that exists and it's hard for me to justify its existence like I, it's hard for me to watch this film watching it i'm just like why did this get made
1: the that's book, not the, but that's so easy we don't even need to play that game that's the easy it's the, the easy part <laughs> is just
3: it's k capture. that's the answer is that the answer
1: but it's 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 <laughs> so oh it's so incredibly obvious why this movie got made so I don't even think we need to talk about it. This movie. Well, got I, made. I, I think
4: I I'm lost because I also have no clue. This movie got it.
1: made without question uh-huh. because Kate Capshaw is married to Steven Spielberg. End of story. Yeah, that's it.
3: Well, I, okay. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that, but I'm always I speaking more in sort of the the granular. Does Kate Capshaw read this book and says this book is great? I love this book. We should adapt this book. Does some producer out in the world read this book, which is a book that, by the way, I didn't know existed, and mm-hmm. say we should adapt this book into and and it becomes an open writing assignment? Like how the, does something the like question happen-
1: is, I think the question worth asking. I think yeah. we have to assume, yeah. that Kate Capshaw living in yes. the same house as Steven Spielberg yes. and being a and being a, a film actor. Uh, Had one, at least one shot that she could that she could shoot whenever she wanted to shoot it.
3: She shot her shot on the love letter, is what you're saying. Well, that's
1: the question that I'm getting at. (laughs) Assuming that Kate Capshaw has her shot whenever she wants it, sure to to put together a movie, get it financed, and get it get a theatrical release. Because like you have to you, you. I don't think I. I don't think I'm being unfair. Kate Capshaw was never an above the title star. No. Kate Capshaw is, you know, and She's I have been not, in
3: stuff, but like not much.
1: She, yeah, she she was essentially her career essentially began with with a uh, Temple of Doom. Like right. she was in a couple right. things before, but no one knew her. I'm it began her with Temple up, yeah. of Doom. She met Steven Spielberg on Temple of Doom. They got married. They had children. Oh,
4: shit. That's where they met. I thought that's that was where the they met. He was no,
1: still married at the time. Yes. He well, was shit. married right, to Amy let's Irving. Get
4: into
1: this. Of, <laughs> of Carrie uh, okay. of Fatal oh, Attraction. Yes, correct, correct. And um, they met on on, you know, Temple of Doom, she did a few other things we're yep. not talking about like Rita Wilson level. We're we got a, We about... got an
3: 89 to talk about with her though. She's in Black what Rain.
1: She's in Black Rain. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about Rita Wilson level. We're talking about someone who, you know, she's a mm-hmm. classically attractive blonde actress and if things broke the right way, she could have been much bigger, I think, but that's not what happened. So, in 1999, I'm guessing she said, "The kids are old enough. Let's go ahead and put this Cape Capshaw uh, vehicle together, and Stephen said, sure, what do you want to do? Because what are you going to do at that point? And she said, uh, and this is is the part of the story that I want to figure out. Sure. She said the love letter. (laughs) Why?
4: Okay, here's my counter to that idea.
1: yeah, Yeah. I
4: have an alternative history I'd like to pitch. Okay. Story goes... They met on Temple of Doom, which is, I'm assuming, some sort of Indiana Jones thing.
3: That is the second Indiana Jones film. Like,
4: what, 15, 20 years before this? 1984. 1984.
1: 15, exactly. So
4: 15 years of her saying, hey, Steve, I want to act. And him being like, honey, we've got kids. Hey, Steve, look at this script. No, 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 Kate. I don't think that's right for you for all these reasons. Then it's like it's like when my parents were like, you can't have a dog until you're old enough to stay home by yourself and take care of it, which doesn't make any sense, but that was the rule. So when I hit 12, it was like, okay, you can have a dog. He was like, you know, until the kids are out of the house, I just don't know, you know? And then finally, it was like, it was a desperation move of years of wanting to do something. And finally, it's like, hey, here's this weird little movie. And he was just like, you know what? Go for it.
1: That answers the question. But I think it undermines... Yes. Yeah their marriage and i think Boy. the fact that they're still together that yeah. this isn't a bill and melinda Gates situation i th- now don't get me wrong
4: mm-hmm.
1: your theory of the case makes perfect sense sure but i want to give Stephen spielberg just a little more benefit <laughs> of the doubt that he wasn't like giving his like annoying child the movie so she'd shut up and instead he was like look you wanna you wanna you want to do something you want to produce. Let's do it. Let's go.
3: Well, that's the salient mm-hmm. detail that I think we need to highlight a little bit. She's a producer on the love letter. She's, She's the a, well, only that, thing she ever produced.
1: That's the oh, obvious reason okay. why I think this was clearly a Kate caption project. I am exactly. Yeah. I am ready to really go out there and do something that's important to me. And I'm sure, and this is a DreamWorks movie, you know, this, this, is, this is public knowledge. This was this was mm-hmm. clearly Steven Spielberg being like, I, clearly Steven Spielberg being like, I support you, whether it was like, I support you, so shut up, or I support you because I think you're a good artist. Um, we'll never know. Though both theories of the case, I think, kind of fly. Because, but I think that my main question is, yeah. what was it about this piece uh, assuming i'm right that made her think that this is what i should shoot my shot with and if corinne's right it's what is it about this piece that finally got spielberg to say oh fine so well, there's
3: i i i think that i mean i i i'd like to answer both of your questions first first and foremost it should be said that
1: I, but i think there are two different answers i agree i agree
3: I I think it should be said that you know she's in to your point, Kenny. She's in some movies and she is the co lead in a handful of movies. Um, she's in you know she's in the failed movie Dreamscape, which is also in '84. She's in Space Camp, which is actually kind of a good movie, which I liked as a kid, where a bunch of kids get shot into space for reasons that are sort of uh, whatever. Um, she's in Love Affairs. She's in How to Make an American Quilt. She's in some stuff, um, but but she
1: but she is but, but as, as yes. you're as you're noting, she is going down yes. and down yes. and down yes. and down yes. the uh you know and this the, is the, the last thing the, she ever does. the list of credits
3: for the for the record this is the last this is the last movie she's ever been in so uh it's not, it's not to say that you know maybe she wouldn't want to do stuff in the future who knows she was in some tv stuff in 2001 she did two tv movies um but i i mean to answer the maybe the bigger question here which is like why this property why this thing there's a part of me that feels like, you know, I, I think that in a perfect world, she imagined this would be a nice, sweet rom-com that could be a sleeper hit maybe and could make, you know, a little bit of money. The, the The crazy part is how much they spent on this movie. This movie had a $20 million budget, which is insane to me. In 1999, that's basically like $45 million today to spend on this movie, which is sort of baffling to me. Um there is a, there's a, uh, the, 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 you mentioned Rita Wilson, which is why my brain kind of went to like my, my big fat Greek wedding. This idea that like, that Kate Capshaw thought maybe this could be the little indie rom com that could, I guess, maybe. There's a version of that, I guess. The, the f- fundamentally, this movie's just really snoozy. There's just, just not a lot going on in this movie. So, what does that to what you're Okay.
1: 'Cause what does what does Kate all right? So I think that we essentially have like laid out what we think happened more or less <laughs> here. Yeah. The the question I don't want to yada 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 over yeah. what Kate Capshaw wanted out of this, right? Well, that's, like that's yeah. Because yeah. I think you have to remember this is this is a person. Who is married to the most powerful creative in Hollywood and maybe the most powerful person at the time there were lists that came out. I remember that, remember very well. The most powerful people in Hollywood were him, Geffen, Katzenberg. It was the, the three dream executives, right? On top of that, so he's in charge of a multi billion dollar company. On top of that, he dress parts, etc. Cetera, Everyone et knows Steven Spielberg, but most importantly, K Capshaw already is welcome in. Any room, anywhere in the world, right? There is no level of of wealth that she doesn't already have. Okay, so <laughs> it, and don't get me wrong. I understand the value of making your own money. I understand the value of like you know feeling like you have you know accomplished this on your own. So I'm not knocking that as a possibility, but I doubt that the I, that the goal was I want to make a big fat Greek wedding and make a hundred billion dollars off a small budget. I think it was probably if that happened, great. But that didn't like jumpstart Nina of career in any real way. It did not what I think she probably wanted was this is proof of concept. I am a movie right, star. Right, 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 right. Right. I am a movie star, and maybe right. I'm also a superstar producer who can pick out, you know, great projects yeah. and put them together. Now I which think
3: is kind of. Delusional. (laughs) I I don't say that like as much as I like Kate capture And by the way, I think she's quite good in this film. It's just sort of like what?
1: It's delusional because you saw the 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 proof of concept and it wasn't there. Right. So I I think beforehand it wasn't necessarily (laughs) clear because she is like kind of this like she's kind of this actress who is almost like she was almost in like a fifteen year coma where she was like like untouched by the hollywood system but she was always there and she always had this potential and i think people always were like i wonder what Kate capshaw is capable of at least i was like it reminds me a little bit of like an athlete who had like a, like an injury like an injury plagued athlete but who doesn't have like those miles on them mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so you're just like all right maybe like maybe Kate capshaw can be a romantic league maybe Kate capshaw can like pull together a movie. I don't think that part is like super crazy. I think she's okay for I think I I think it's like that's okay doing it. And I want to say one other thing like if this were Diane Keaton or someone else like wouldn't it this kind of worked?
4: Yes. I think she is not a good actor. And I think well, she, <laughs> okay. I don't. She's she's not a, she's not she's not great. I don't think she's if anything she's a dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. And this movie was a comedy and drama so the moments of levity and the moments when she's joking around just fall totally flat. And there's also not a lot of drama for her to really sink her teeth into so she's kind of left in this weird middle zone of just kind of being sort of reacting to everything just in the same way in a way that doesn't move her character forward or or make me feel anything for her so I
3: I <clears throat> excuse me I don't totally disagree and I don't, I don't I just don't want to put this entirely on on Kate's shoulders, because there's a part of me no. too that feels like this film is is not particularly well directed either. Um, you know, the, the, <laughs> she has essentially no chemistry or very little chemistry with the two men that she's supposed to have chemistry with. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, so the casting is is a little wonky, and we'll get into sort of a lot of that. But I actually didn't. She didn't bother me in the movie. I think what you're circling, Corinne, is more that like she doesn't have the wattage and the charisma necessarily or sort of the stardom, the star mm-hmm. power, if you will, to be able to keep the lights on for this whole movie. Yeah, like right? a rom-com like is, yeah.
4: it, if you put Julia Roberts into The Runaway Bride, sure, which we sure. did, that's not a great movie, but you still want to watch her and she's still doing stuff and sure. she's still kind of lighting up the screen. That She's just not yes. that person. But I also wonder if it wasn't just like, this movie has all the stuff that makes sense to me in terms of, you know, a rom-com that should work. Like it's cute. It's fun. The love letter thing has a long history in Hollywood rom-coms. You know, you've got mail to come out the year before. So I feel like there was a world where this really works. And I wonder if the book isn't just really great and, and the adaptation of it, just it all kind of fell apart, but she still saw the book in there and then still believed uh, it for that reason.
1: I I think, you're right, Corinne. I think everything you're saying is like dead on. In that, I love that. I don't think she's. I. I, I don't. Well, I don't like. I don't necessarily think you're basically saying like Kate Capshaw is a bad actor. No. Stop.
4: I think this is I the think, wrong movie for her. Yes.
1: Yes. And, and and I would also agree with kind of what Phil's saying, which is essentially she is not the right actor to put a movie like this on her shoulders. And one thing it does. And you're you're certainly like saying this, you know, Corinne. It shows you the value of a Meg Ryan, of a Julia Roberts, of a Diane Keaton, of a being the being the lead in a female focused romantic comedy. Yep. Sandra Bullock is Michelle Pfeiffer. Very fucking hard. Yes, it's very it's 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 maybe the hardest task you could have. As an actor, because you are mm-hmm. you are at one point tasked with being funny, sensitive, vulnerable, and beautiful. Yep. like that's a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, you know?
4: it has to translate okay. from your life into onto the camera and then onto the screen. Like that's not. That's it's not also it's
3: also kind of thankless too. A lot of the time, yes. right? Like yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's a, kind of it's movie a genre. It it's yes. a genre yeah. that feels disposable, which Frost, is also yeah. fuck it, which sucks. And
1: it, and it takes a movie like this. For you to realize, or like one of the, you know, Captain Heigl movies, yep. uh, for you to realize that you can't just put any pretty face into yep. these roles. It mm-hmm. goes far beyond that. Now, the question of whether this, you know, the person has to be pretty is another question altogether. Yeah. But for the vast majority of Hollywood's history and up, up to and including today, that person has, quote unquote, had to be pretty. So that is another issue that like women face and men face uh, less. Like the, the craziest thing about this movie is you take like one of Hollywood's most famously handsome men, mm-hmm. shape off his defining feature, and stick him in these horrible, ugly clothes and make him like a nerd. Like, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are, yeah. you, doing? What are you doing? Like, yeah. well, what, I mean, what you're doing is that I, I'm, I have a pretty, I have a pretty cynical read of this whole thing, which is like, the movie called for, like, I was watching, this. I was thinking, this is a very similar plot to like Young Adult, and this movie called for almost like a Patton oswaldy type of guy in, yeah. That Selleck role, because that's the guy mm-hmm. who like could never get her, the guy who wrote the love letter and she wasn't interested. But this guy is Tom fucking Selleck. Shave the shave the stash and put him in like some boxy clothes, and he's still Tom Selleck. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. whereas if you put like any any, you know, quote unquote normie in there, you know, like at least I'm understanding exactly yeah. why she's choosing like, well, young. What's Tom funny Selick, is
4: I actually felt like it's so funny because um, the Tom Everett Scott character—I felt like it should have been reversed. Like Tom Everett Scott's character should have been super sexy, hotter, and then yeah, yeah and then and then Tom Selleck should have been dweeb. But it's like they got the wrong actors to I, do
1: the wrong uh, role. I think, Corinne, so and you weird. may be able to to correct me on this. I mm-hmm. think that the people in that movie think that Tom Everett Scott is the world's hottest man. They the they certainly the try to sexy yeah. they truly
3: they I mean he they get him shirtless they get him all like greased That's, up you know and I'm
4: a huge fan <laughs> yes. to, that thing you do love it love him he's a young Tom Hanks but he's a goofy lovable
1: next door neighbor yeah, he's, not, he's, not, he's not hot no well, do he's, he's cute hot, but like yeah. things change man you know it's like Krasinski was was initially like this like goofball, and now yeah. Krasinski's like the hottest man in Hollywood.
2: Right. So yeah. like um, I
1: do think that like Tom Everett... and I think my understanding is, um, it's I think it's I think Tom Everett Scott is considered hotter than I think we thought he was from like that thing you do days where he was kind of the yeah goof. Yeah. yeah,
0: but yeah. Uh, he's not he
4: is not but the character without no. a shirt on. Wasn't I? Wasn't like oh come this like isn't like
1: this Mama. Is- <laughs> isn't this guy supposed to be isn't this guy supposed to be Chris Pine? Like, isn't that the not yeah, it supposed exactly. to be that James right? martin yeah. somebody like that? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Some yeah. hunk. Or like a, a, a young hunky, Matthew young... McConaughey or something. A, like it's yes. just, yeah.
1: Yeah. and the other thing about it being Time Everett Scott yeah. is like that guy has like serious adult son energy. And <laughs>
3: he does. He does. He has such Which, adult son
1: energy. Yeah. Whereas like Chris Pine is like young man energy. You know? Right. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, it's funny. You you brought
3: up Young Adult, which is interesting. I didn't, that wasn't the movie that kind of hit me. The movie that hit me was um, You've Got Mail. Um, yeah. Just the the maybe the bookstore thing is what really kind of pushed me over, but also just the kind of identity thing and this idea of like misperception of this letter and what it's bringing out in everybody. It kind of felt like a really really boring version of You've Got Mail. Yeah, uh, or version of la- it Or movie. like the
4: Lake House. Like, oh shit!
3: Someone you doesn't like You've Got, got Mail. Mail. What is happening
4: no. in this world? Wait, you don't like You've Got Mail? No, I, I think
3: it's fine. Kenny doesn't like. It.
4: I don't get oh, it. Oh
1: wow! You've Got Mail is such a weird ass movie. Like, there's some <laughs> oh, things that go on in that movie that like are so weird to me. One, I hate that Joe Fox—that's his name, right? Correct. Yeah, it figures out what's going on before she does. So the he has movie, to. Like, why?
4: Because you need it to move <laughs> forward, and like they like if you if they meet at any point in that film when they don't know who the the other one is, they're going to hate each other. He has to Isn't spend. Is that the idea? No, because you want the, when wait, that can't, when they finally can't find can't they, they like who each they other? Are.
1: Can't they like each other under more honest circumstances than like him basically playing the a movie. Well, <laughs> well, the whole porn? No. Wait, wait. What's going on here? She said. I'm saying they should, if they don't know, if they both have, if they're both completely in the dark and they're, they're loving each other on the emails, but hating each other in real life, but eventually realizing in real life that they actually like connect. That would work, but he is playing with a full deck, and she's playing with a half deck. It's so unfair to the. There's character. an imbalance.
3: There is an imbalance. Yes, it's an imbalance. The, the, the point, and it's about half. the That he wins, film. and
1: then she fucking reads children's well, books in
3: a Barnes and Noble. How well, is that good? Half the movie, they don't know who who each other.
1: Are. Half yeah, the t- half the time, a, a Fox Books. Which she in no. She, doesn't work, she doesn't
4: work in Fox Books. She gets a what? job as like a, a children's book editor or writer or something.
1: And then she reads books mm. in a Fox.
4: It ends no, with her she's...
1: reading the book in a Fox. Oh yeah, but she's no, not but she's not it. working there. Okay, no, but she, she could, she could just be reading...
3: in a Fox. She could she she just be there. there. I mean, no, no her she's not just
1: store in, full She's not just she goes yes. into Fox
4: Books That's to the children's section and sits down and looks at what has taken over her life and she cries. That's not her ending the movie in a Fox Books.
3: She's, it's oh, like no, she's no, no. There, there, the
4: loss of her story there is a sense. am i wrong
3: Phil? you're not wrong at the very end of the movie corinne she is doing some sort of a reading at his bookstore
4: i'm having some sort of like mental i breakdown. swear i swear to I you that does i every, swear that does happen she has a reading in her bookstore where she reads the royal doll book
3: no at the very end of the movie There's a scene with
4: her.
1: Okay, I'm gonna have to like. She capitulates. She she capitulates to capitalism. The bad guys win. She marries the bad guy. The bookshop around the corner goes under, and we're supposed to think this is happy. And then she said, "I wanted it to be you all along." And then Dave Chappelle does nothing else in the movie. It's not to me. It's not satisfying. And if it was any other two actors, it would have been like super unsatisfying. But we have like. We, we we have a, a well of goodwill for these two people to get together no matter even if he's a corporate raider trying to put her store This business which he does.
4: But How is he? Right. It's so good. Like, okay. So I'll give you that the, fact that the gender the, the gender dynamics don't translate to now. Like having a guy who kind of gets all the power in the relationship and then manipulates her, like yes. that doesn't, it doesn't translate well today.
1: It but didn't translate well then.
4: Yeah. But it I, did because they not can't for me. Maybe I'm... They, they can't meet until the idea is that when he sees her in Cafe Lalo, yes. he realizes and James is like, because it is Kathleen Kelly. He's like, I can't go in there. He's heartbroken because this person that hates him so much is this person that he loves so much. Without him having that knowledge, he can't push the ball forward in a way that's interesting to the audience. to gets us invested and changes his character and changes her character in a real way. Like he goes into that into that restaurant, he tries I don't think to make a mental
1: i do i, I do. He, he, i'll, I'll he just put can't... her out of business
4: fine yeah. we'll stop i'm gonna, just, no gonna hold there's on, hold on hold 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 did he put her out of business wait. or not
1: did he put her out of business or not
4: i know I, I, and we, that's why he has to know because he has to make amends with her and he's like if i was just joe and you were just kathleen and we just met this would have worked and it's just the business stuff that got in the way
3: can i just i'll just say something hold on i'll just say this i i did not like You've Got Mail for a really long time. Corinne can attest to this. It was not a film that I liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a film that I hated. I saw it when it it came out in theaters. I thought it was fine and charming and whatever. And then I watched it subsequently over the years, and it just didn't really work for me, perhaps for some of the reasons that Kenny is talking about, which is that I just, I, I didn't really love the energy between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in this particular film. That being said... I watched it for the Blank Check podcast relatively recently when they did uh, the Nora Ephron series, and I found it charming. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm older, I'm more jaded, I don't care as much, I turn my brain off, whatever it is, but the charm of that movie worked on
1: me this time around. The people they had on were wild about it, and it started to make me think. They were wild about it. They they were. Most uh, people are well, I, I think it might be a generational thing. I think I was a little older okay. when okay. I watched it. And I, and I think I was a little more jaded when I watched it. And I said, and, and it really, really, truly didn't work for me. Like, okay. and it still doesn't work for me. And I think, like, th- there's nothing romantic about that movie at all. I think that movie wow. is like about a, about a guy I mean, putting a woman out of business. but and then, and then saying, but it's okay because I love you. And then she's saying, well, it's okay because now I'm, I'm on your team. So I think it's very like deeply sad I, and I not a good way to message. end that movie. I
3: mm-hmm. think that Corinne makes a really valid point about the scene in the restaurant and how uh how Tom or Joe is sort of re- is is really kind of gutted by how brutal she is to him in that scene. And he realizes how shitty. The situation is it's a and bad situation i'm not i'm not i'm not going to sit here and and say that the film isn't uh, you know a pre-9-11 I, corporate starbucks wait, aol fucking that's money. what it is but, right. but i mean but, that's I, what it I, is. No,
1: but, but i think what's what's like, disappointing it's kind of what we're talking about the wandavision yesterday, Phil, is like i do think it's a pretty great setup for a movie like a very very strong setup for a movie uh i
3: Better think than it's in the love letter setup for instance
1: Right. No, but, I mean better than the love letter setup, which I think is actually a pretty good setup too. But okay. love letter set, love letter setup is super hackney. Like this is, you know, look, it's based on another movie, but I think it's a very strong setup. Pen pals who in real life, yeah. you know, people who are like communicating by by mail or email, who in real life are you know enemies, rivals, yeah. enemies, rivals, whatever, whatever you want to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. think the execution of it, uh, particularly the stuff I'm talking about, like this this midpoint turn destroys the movie and destroys like it puts her in it puts her in the dark and she's falling she's falling for someone who has this really important piece of information over her and literally uses it to the point where he wins the battle and then wins her and i don't know her happy ending what is her happy ending
4: i think you're putting a lot of today's perspectives on it because it's really about this woman who she inherited this bookstore from her mom and it wasn't ever her like dream to own and run this bookstore. She took it on because it was her mom's store and her mom meant everything in the world for her and she passed. So keeping the store afloat was 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 a memory-oriented endeavor for her. It wasn't a passion that, project.
1: That's not what that felt like to me, but okay.
4: To me, that, that's how I felt. So the, the loss of the store is more of a heartbreak on a personal front because she feels like a failure because of her mom and it was her store and all this stuff. The, leaving that store gets her the opportunity to figure out who she is independent of her mom's legacy in that neighborhood. And she has a moment to sit down and she decides she, she could actually be a children's book author or editor. I forget which one it is. So okay, it's really I, about, yeah. That's so it,
1: that's, it, that's great. The way the man showed her what she was really set out okay. for. The man I just but,
4: store. Listen, I'm a
1: <laughs> The man a crushed, crushed her dreams, believe... cost her thousands of, cost her, cost her probably I just... hundreds of thousands of dollars. But you know, she became a children's book editor, selling books in his store, and I guess he gets to live, she gets lived the penthouse with him. But here's Did the I, thing: I win. I You know, Fox cute.
4: Books went under in ten years. That's Fox horrible. That is
2: true. So true. So she, so she's a loser
1: twice. That's so sad. Yeah. Hold on, hold no, on. Let me. Can can I, I, I do. <laughs> I do
3: want to say that one of the things I do You'd think hope. about You've Got Mail is putting it next to Sleepless in Seattle and seeing them as sort of yins to each other's yangs. I think that there is a really interesting idea of Sleepless in Seattle is about keeping each other, is keeping these two
1: people apart. This, worked this, without them seeing each other in the middle of the movie. They had to say That's I, I, the exact I, counterpoint. That I'm not, Sleepless I'm in not Seattle se- worked so, I know you're on my side. The Sleepless in Seattle worked so perfectly and you didn't have to have some weird midpoint where they met and... And he knew that it was her. And she didn't know it was him. Like, the stakes so you, get higher. This is, because it's so, so complicated. You, so you, you get you've got more invested Mal in the
4: story. You've
1: got I don't, think, a she's, I don't think she's
3: saying it's a better movie. I don't know if she's saying it's a better movie. I just think that, that they're interesting. In Seattle? Yes. I think
4: they're about, for me, they're about the same.
1: I just think they're interesting counterbalances to each other. I really yeah, don't think that. One is, a, one is a, uh, uh, an experiment that works. And the other is an experiment that fails. I, I, I
3: would actually argue
1: that the vibe. I disagree.
3: I actually think that that You've Got Mail is a more – I don't actually really love the Meg Ryan character in Sleepless in Seattle or her whole sort of uh, gentile. I I get it. Everybody is – it's just not my thing. So what I – Gentile. There's just a very kind of like – everyone's kind of like blonde-haired, blue-eyed kind of oh, this well, very that's, sort of like yeah. there's this whole thing going on that i don't really love about it. Uh, i'm just saying that's one of the things i don't like about *Sleepers in seattle i don't really love her okay. character in it. All I right. think that Ouch. i think that in you've got mail i prefer a character. I actually I think like- i pre- I think i prefer the supporting characters in you've got mail than i do in uh Sleeves in seattle to some degree or another. I don't I, I like her coworkers, i like the bookstore. All this being said, Enough I like Ellen DeGeneres
1: better yet. than all of them. I thought Ellen oh, DeGeneres was pretty good in this. She
4: movie. was really great. She okay. was she's funny. Really, she's she's great. dry.
1: We I really enjoyed her delivery.
4: Character. Was great. I love her choices. Every time she says a word, she kind of like rushes the end I, of I, line. Love it. I, I love like her. Ellen
3: DeGeneres a lot. This felt a little odd to me, but we'll, we'll let let me just give a very brief synopsis right, of some all context all right. for the love letter. <sighs> Uh, a story center podcast, like it's
4: 1998. We're not yeah, doing. Just yeah, we're
1: doing, We're not doing. You've got mail. we yeah, basically you, just you <laughs> you take, uh, we take the films where they go. We take the conversation <laughs> wherever it goes. Obviously, it was going to go to. A, you, know, <laughs> to a, you know, I was listening to Blank Check this morning, and they're doing yeah. poetic justice. I don't know if you've listened to that film. Yeah, and it they do like that. 15 minutes on Billy Zane. Within yeah. four minutes of it. And The yeah. reason they're and, wow, and, they, and they it takes them like for, it takes them like 45 minutes to get to poetic justice, and the reason it takes them 45 minutes is because it's a pretty fucking boring movie, and they don't want to actually talk about it. So oh, that's what's happening here, right now. Like, yeah, we don't actually want true. to talk about this pretty boring movie, but let's do it.
3: I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, I I, 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 whole, I wholeheartedly agree with you as to why we are not talking about the love letter, but let's just talk about it. Uh, a story centering <laughs> on the discovery of a mysterious love letter in the sleepy New England town of Lobley. Uh, the letter is unsigned and no one knows who it is meant for. And as it passes from hand to hand, it provokes great curiosity, making the population look at each other in a new light. The Love Letter opened on May 21st, 1999 against The Phantom Menace, The Mummy, and Entrapment. It would go on to make $8.3 million mm. on a $20 million budget. It's got 33% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and 38% from audiences. I honestly couldn't find any reviews really to uh, to, to speak of. Couldn't um, find any reviews. Ebert didn't yeah. review it. Nobody really reviewed it. I think that, and this Ouch. is... So I mentioned this on Twitter, and I think it's worth mentioning here, because to me, this is the... Prime example of counter-programming not working. I remember standing in line waiting for Star Wars tickets, and there was a group of people, ironically, standing in line waiting for the love letter tickets outside the York Theater in Toronto, which Corinne knows. And I remember they were they were sitting there, and they thought they were so cute with their signs for the love letter. They thought they were so funny. Taking the piss funny. out of us Wait.
4: It's it is funny. It's a
3: funny bit for 20 minutes. They yeah, stood there for like seven hours with us. I mean, Good it's for them. anyway.
1: It, it, All that know, it would about, it, it would be less funny if it wasn't the love letter. But yeah. the love letter, it's it is punching up. Like this no, is sure. a vanity product for Steven Spielberg's wife. So, like uh, if it, were, if sure, it were, I, I, another movie, like if it were like uh that horrible movie we watched about the woman about uh the blind guy. At foresight. Um, yes. Guess. At first also sight. a Corinne Stuykman joint. Yes. If it were that, oh. I would feel bad because that's honest people trying to make an yes. honest. Thought. Sure, 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 sure. But this is, you know, this is a vanity I, I guess, project.
3: Sure. But I, take, I don't that, know if they do
1: that. <laughs> taking, taking that <laughs> out of the
3: equation for a second, the reason I bring it up is because in my brain, when I think of counter programming, this is the movie I think of. This and Star Wars, weirdly. It's the only thing, the only real connection I have to this film is that.
1: I think of when Fox Mm. put an Oscar de la Hoya fight against the Oscars. (laughs) Which is is something they actually did. (laughs) That's
3: amazing. That's That's really funny. I think that this, I guess my point more than anything is this film, I think had, I mean, and by the way, Notting Hill comes out. I think, what, like, a week before this movie, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, the counter-programming thing, or maybe I'm thinking of something else. I could have sworn that it also came out around this time. But, um, I know I need to... When
4: did it come out? Wasn't it November?
3: Uh, No, no, no. Notting Hill was definitely, um... uh, Definitely. My apologies. Uh, Yeah, so it came out May 28th. So it comes out the next weekend. So it's clear that, like, the idea was... We're just not going to put it in the same weekend. We're going to let one weekend go by, let it have that first big weekend, take a little bit of wind out of its sales. So we're not going up against a freight train in the same way, and it works out. Notting Hill is obviously a huge success, and lots of people wanted to go see a romantic comedy. Uh, it, it's just this film obviously just could like what were I just honestly don't know what they were thinking. Like I don't know why they thought this was a good idea.
1: I in think in terms it's of old, its release, I think oh. it's so material. Like this is this, this is just. This movie doesn't exist if it's against the Phantom Menace or if it's against Love Stinks. This movie just would never exist. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's so ephemeral. Yeah, it like there is nothing here, and yeah. you know, I, I the fact that I, I do like wonder about the alternate history where the love letter is made with you know Diane Keaton or even a fucking beer Sorvino. Yeah. If people review it. Like the fact that no one even reviewed it yeah. speaks to like how little interest there was in a movie like this.
3: Yeah. I, I do think it's also, you know, I, I agree with everything you're saying in terms of whether or not the casting could have been different. I also, you know, not Ooh. to put not to put too much weight on this, but this movie just shouldn't have been released when it was released. If this movie was released in February, if this movie was released around Valentine's day, if this movie was released in the fall, like I think this movie maybe has a shot, but this movie just got absolutely carpet bombed by the biggest movie to come out in 20 years. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's insane to even to, to suggest that it could, but I don't know. The, what is also interesting and not to get political but I'm going to get political for a second here, weirdly. The thing that when you Google this movie that comes up is Tom Selleck going on Rosie O'Donnell and having the whole NRA conversation that they had. So he, yeah. So Tom Selleck did an advertisement, I guess you'd call it an advertisement, a commercial, if you will, uh, for the NRA. And he came on Rosie O'Donnell's show to plug the love letter. They did two segments. The first segment was all about plugging the love letter. The second segment was all about the NRA. And it is a tough five minutes to watch as Rosie O'Donnell makes a lot of very valid arguments, but in a very Rosie O'Donnell fashion, she doesn't necessarily let him finish speaking. She cuts him off a lot. She's a very kind of, you know, we all know who Rosie O'Donnell is, and I don't say that in a bad way, but it's just, it's one of those conversations that is interesting to look at in a vacuum now. This is again, this is pre 9 11 This is all just a you know a very different America for all intents and purposes, and you know it's just it's just an interesting little time capsule of being able to be like look at this thing that happened in early two thousand or whenever this 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 uh, interview happens, and it's just weird. It's a weird little blip, but it's also a thing that I think Tom Selleck is kind of remembered for in the I didn't press remember tour it. for this movie oh so there yeah you go. i didn't
4: know either but it, it checks out
3: it I is the, the
4: rosie o'donnell show so maybe i even watched it that's very
3: <laughs> that's that's very upsetting it's um
1: it's, yeah i i,
3: again, yeah, I don't i I don't, I don't i don't we obviously don't need to get into a whole conversation about uh about the nra but it is just a sort of it's one of those things where you have to wonder does this hurt the movie a little bit i imagine that you know I'm imagining that Kay Capshaw as a producer and actor at this film was not thrilled to have her lead actor go on Rosie O'Donnell and and preach no. the positivity of the NRA. So it's just a bunch of things that you're just like, all right, this is just not great. But all that being said, <laughs> um, I wanna kind of I wanna kind of talk about this premise for a second, because Kenny, you mentioned that you that you liked this premise this idea of i
1: think this premise is potentially a great Cute. premise yeah yeah at
4: some it's point, classic yeah.
1: yeah at some point they play uh the, the on the soundtrack they play love potion number nine they do. and that's what this is yeah. this is this is potentially a love this is midsummer night's dream this is potentially
2: yeah.
1: a love potion that's going around this town And making people fall in love with other people and falling in love mistakenly and, you know, jumping into bed with each other. And you probably, you know, there's a version of this where it's much broader. And I don't mean broader in terms of the comedy. I mean, broader in terms of, I mean, you would, it would result in broader comedy, but broader in terms of how far this letter gets out. Among the populace Mm -hmm. And you have all sorts of people falling in love With the bottoms and falling in love with all those People Mm -hmm. and having a lot of fun with it That way Um, I don't think they did that but like It's to me like it's a winning premise. Like it's, yeah. it's so easy to get and it's so yep. easy to, to have fun with potentially. They just didn't really do it. It's a you know comedy the, of sorry. errors.
4: It's like a really great episode of Frasier where everybody yeah. thinks somebody else is somebody else. And that stuff can always be funny because it's classic. Yeah. You just got to stick to the rules. And this movie didn't really lean into that or lean into it what it, it, it was It
1: took trying it really to seriously is what yeah. it did. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's, I, I would also say too, the movie that also came to mind as I was watching this was Amelie. A little bit too. Why? Um, well, first of all, the score actually kind of reminded me a little bit of the Amelie score, but okay. also just the um, the fate of it all. This idea of sort of like you know this kind of puppet mastering of people's love lives, which is something that that Amelie does in that film. There is sort of this kind of whimsical kind of quality to this film that what a of that
4: Frenchness. Am I wrong? I felt like
1: very. It was very. French. Well, Amelie is very
3: it, French, but yes. No, that's wants what
1: I'm saying. To, it I wants, to it wants to do. Yes, right, exactly. It exactly. wants to have a worldliness to yes. it. Yeah, uh, that I think the uh, the setting, people who live in places like this, aspire to be European. I think totally, um, yeah. and I think setting a movie like this aspires to a certain European and and I think French is is correct uh, romanticism. That we Americans are almost incapable of <laughs> yes. of of yes. matching, of emulating. So, uh, no reason to try that. Let like, dirty yourself up.
3: There's also something that I think that the literary quality also gives it this this air of of high-mindedness that they're trying to kind of tap into as well. There's something very... And again, the things I liked about this film, I kind of liked its vibe. I loved that bookstore. I loved kind of that, you know, you could smell the old books, the small town where everybody knows everybody's name and everybody knows what everybody's up to. I, I love that type of stuff. I just don't think it weaponizes it in this movie in a way that actually sort of everything just feels like it's dialed at like six. Yeah. <laughs> out Even that
4: bookstore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was saying out of 10, but, but I just, it, it it's just, like it's just
1: three, dude. It's like, yeah. it's, that's, that's the problem <laughs> is like, it, it like, it's, yeah. uh, it really is like, I, I recently found out the word cromulent is a fake word. Are you guys aware really? of From that? The
4: Simpsons. Do you know about that? Yes. I didn't they made know. That. It up the word. Perfe- yeah. It's a
1: perfectly cromulent word, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's a it's a fake word, but this is this yeah. is a it, it now is real because that's the way language works. And yeah. it's a perfectly cromulent movie, right? Which yeah. is yeah. how I feel about it. Like it's right. it's, the, it's 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 perfectly cromulent. There's perfectly no other way to put it because like I I I I think ultimately, like in a theater. In 1999, on a warm summer night, I think you go in, in a town like this, in like a one plex or a twoplex with your with your popcorn <laughs> soda, it's a perfectly crumbly way to spend 88 minutes. At the movie, then go get some ice cream and go home and you know have and some Never, think I guess. About but it like, ever again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, never think about it ever again. But it's like I, I don't have really bad things to say. And actually, I thought the ending was really charming and it could have been so much more Save. charming. Yeah. Oh. But it was like we, like there there was an idea there that was almost lovely. Yep. See,
4: but I take more offense to this movie because of that. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's almost good. I hate it more. I hate almost
1: like good. I at, hate almost good. I feel you. I hate
4: almost good. I hate this more yeah. than At First Sight, which is a terrible movie. I hate this movie more because it fails yeah. on every level, including the bookstore, which is supposed to be charming. It's weirdly dark, creepy. Never has a customer, and there's four people working there full time.
1: All right, I'm going to. Notting Hill. Notting Hill's a, is a better bookstore. Not yes. hills, hills, the great bookstore of all time. I'm going to say the same thing as you, with a little bit of a with a little bit of a, a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think this movie is all right. So you, it sounds to me like you think this is like a few, not a few. Maybe you have to change everything, but a few decisions, yeah, a few different choices away from being a good movie.
4: Yes, a hundred percent.
1: I think this movie is basically a bad movie that that at the end found something that made me think oh like like could, like you know those videos on YouTube that are quote unquote satisfying the things like coming into place sure. or the asmr the perfect, stuff like, too. cuts yeah, yeah mm-hmm. not not so much for the ears but for the eyes it's very true sure. like okay. my, my my kids like are always saying yeah you want to see the most satisfying thing or just like beads all falling to
3: like yeah. like that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: There's something that's like, that's there at the end for me with the mm-hmm. blank man thing that actually mm-hmm. felt, it actually felt right. Like who wrote the love letter is a little bit of a mystery and who wrote the love letter? Like, Oh, it was actually like uh between this like old lesbian couple, like who almost had the same time next year thing going on. A lot better than it could have been. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, end, that's, true. that's
4: true. The ending is actually and this would be another reason why I would think that uh, Keith Capshaw wanted to do this is because the ending is very ambiguous and not the happy cookie cutter ending, mm-hmm. which I always love. Is like when they don't, everything doesn't totally work I like out. It too. Like the end of my best friend's wedding. Like it doesn't. She doesn't get the guy. Yep. Yep. So World's I like. Best. I really like that element. I love that the letter is from her mom. Yeah. The mom's introduced twenty mom. minutes before the end of the movie. But,
1: though it's horrible. <laughs> it's a nightmare like who is it's she a who is this woman yeah, there's absolutely crazy. no reason to <laughs> wait that long to introduce <laughs> such a such an important character important. unless
4: she's the, she's
1: the nexus of the story unless unless you are uh incompetent mm-hmm. which i think this was and yeah. and And thought that, you know, they needed to, like, kind of hide the ball on the quote-unquote mystery. What I don't really think, like, it wasn't a mystery for me until at the end of the movie. You're like, oh, by the way, we've been telling a mystery the whole time. Which I love. You know? Mm -hmm. Which I didn't didn't expect to have, like, some, like, satisfying moment at the end where they, like, answered the final question of the love letter. Because, like, frankly, it would have been fine if it was never answered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, or if, or if the whole time it was Tom Everett Scott who actually wrote it, you know, like I think, yeah. or if it was Tom Selleck who wrote it, I think we would have mm-hmm. just like moved on because you have such low expectations for a movie like this.
4: Yeah, but I also think
1: something kind of romantic and sweet was kind of lovely.
4: Yeah, but yes, I take you're right. issue with how we find the love letter too. I find it so confusing. She yeah, finds I, it wedged into a couch cushion, I'm like, all right, well, I
1: is found- it from the couch? I found that is how people give people love letters.
3: (laughs) I found every single person's way they found the love letter to strain credibility.
4: Right. Yeah. Every single person that
3: that reads it, you're like, wait, so Ellen DeGeneres has like the gymnastics that are necessary for each of these people to believe that the love letter is for them or written by somebody that they need. It's it it was a little bit
1: crazy. It's an easy fix. Sorry. what's your fix what's your fix well my fix is fix. just
4: simplify is that in first you get a shot of her maybe her mail goes on to like her her mom or somebody she works. oh this is old stuff that you need to organize and you're like okay and then she gets a new thing a mail and she puts the new mail on the old junk yeah, and no, there's like yeah, sure, she's sorting sure, things sure. and you're like and it comes in an envelope i think yeah. that's very important it needs an envelope that just says for you or something ambiguous because then it's like What's well, this? but then, oh, but then you get, but then you get
3: to the problem of nobody else can have. Like the reason that this letter is, is easily, but anyway, yeah. I'll I
1: give you a different fix. Yeah. Okay. The most brilliant thing, the reason Serial the podcast worked, was because she went into the the first thing she said was this big thing about how we can't trust our own memories, mm-hmm. right? So we, how you know people can't trust their own memories. Different things happen, and like eyewitness accounts aren't really eyewitness accounts. So you are set up to question everything you you hear in serial, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you started this movie with something so simple, mm-hmm. like a little voiceover that said love works in mysterious ways. Sometimes you'd never know how this thing's going to happen or that thing's going to happen, but it's an invisible hand that moves among us. And, you know, you push this like fate idea, you would have accepted everything. Sure. You, because mm-hmm. like, because like what I was thinking was like, what it needs is its version of puck, right? It needs some like thing that's actually, you know, moving it, but you don't need it. Cause we've like well-established that like people will just accept like fate in a love story So if you just like remind people that like you are predisposed as human beings to believe in things like love at first sight, to believe in things like faded, people being faded for each other and soulmates for things like the universe works in mysterious ways and love works in mysterious ways, then I think you would have bought it. And it doesn't even undercut the the, the groundedness of this movie. Because I totally I, think those I, are grounded I, concepts.
3: I completely mm-hmm. agree with you. I think that it also comes back to what I was saying earlier. I think if you dial the whimsy up a little bit more, if yeah. you make this We're feel like yeah. more of a, yeah, same thing. Like make it a, feel a little bit more like a fairy tale as opposed to sort of, I think that it would have to so much more of a I assume that's what this vibe. movie
1: would be. I assume that's what this movie would be going into it because the, the notion of a love letter in and of <laughs> itself is a whimsical idea. I totally agree.
4: Yeah. So, yeah. But it's, I would uh, also argue that it's her lack. We also don't know anything about this woman. We don't know nothing. anything about what she yeah, wants. Nothing. We don't know yeah. we don't know why no. she wants love, who she's loved, why she's not in love right now, why she's on some emotional celibacy cleanse or whatever she's doing. We don't know any of that. So when she gets the letter, we're yeah. just kind of like who gives a shit?
3: I, gr- I I I think that the 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 fundamental flaw in this film, aside from what we're talking about on a tonal level, which I think they just could have gone a little bigger and a little bit broader and a little bit more whimsical mm-hmm. with it, is is really your love triangle at the center of this film. Is just to repeat for her listeners, it's Kate Capshaw, Tom Selleck, and Tom Everett Scott. These are three people that that have zero chemistry together, that don't make any sense together, that feel like they're from three disparate movies. That you're just like, I don't really know what's going on here and you're supposed to be invested she doesn't seem invested in tom ever scott she just looks like she just wants a fuck which listen fine go for it i don't i
1: didn't even get that much out like I, was I don't even say really... like like fine go for it like come, come on did you, she she's a she's a 46 she year old woman he's a 20 year old man like okay i guess okay sure but like again you're shooting your shot and that's the shot I I don't,
3: you know, that I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not writing for that. know you're not. I know you're not. And and,
1: you know know that I'm not saying, like, no, that's not okay. I know, I know. All I'm saying is, like, it's a choice. It's a choice. And with the right actors, it's a choice that we
3: would have bought more. I'm saying that, that that kind of thought process or that kind of swing, right? The idea of the older woman who's, you know, seems to kind of have dealing with ennui and things that she doesn't whatever and this young man comes into her life and
1: manic sparks pixie sparks Jim something
3: Boy. manic pixie sparks something in her and she really you know and they have this just this this amazing sexual intensity and they can there's none of that it just feels yeah. like she's going through the motions it's very odd um it's it's you know don't,
1: but don't and- you guys like julianne nicholson Yes,
3: I was just going to say she's great in this. She's great she's on uh, Mare East, of Easttown, which she's in right now, and she's great. I love her. Right? I, I can't love tell how I, love I, love I feel
4: about her. I want to support her she's as so a woman. My question mark is I, Tanya for her. I thought her, you ever see, uh, her and I, Tanya was She's bit. in I, Tanya? Mm-hmm. She's, the ca- she's the coach. And I always found uh, her to be a mean, little bit out of place I, I, in such on. a great movie.
1: Did you ever see August Osage County? No. Yes, I will. She was so good in that. I don't understand why. I forgot she was like. in that. I don't. She was like. Well, was that movie a was a lot. Why? I don't understand why people don't like that movie. I, so I, I much. People like Hated that movie, and I, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was. I know great. it's
4: based on a play that everybody loves. I feel well, like yeah. it yeah, it's like a Pulitzer Prize everybody, everybody. Yeah, loved. but in the yes. movie, it comes off as so giant and fucking crazy. Yeah, like it. everybody's it's in love great. with everybody else. Everybody's incestual. Yeah,
3: yeah, it was cool. Julia Nicholson <laughs> in I Tonya, which I'm now looking at pictures of. I completely she's unrecognizable in that movie, which is why I didn't recognize her. Um, she's yeah. great at, in uh, Boardwalk Empire as well. Um, she's very good. She's a great actor. Uh, big fan. She's very good in this, and I wish she got more screen time. And I wish she, quite honestly, I thought she had genuine chemistry with Tom Everett Scott. Like Me they too. had yeah, That was true.
4: That I it yeah. was really
3: interesting, and never really capitalized Did on it. With any it? Um, so let's talk about Ellen DeGeneres uh, real quick here, because I do think that, um, you know, I'm a fan of Ellen DeGeneres. I think there's 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 really kind of no one like her. She'll deliver a line in a way that seems like it doesn't make sense, and yet it's the perfect way for it to be delivered. And I think she does that a bunch of times in this. I mm-hmm. think what I bumped on a little bit was just this like sassy, sex obsessed coworker friend thing is not really Ellen DeGeneres. So that's I don't kind think of she was sex.
4: Kind obsessed. Of, I kind of like that it was kind of not the character you expected to be having that kind of a life. You know, okay. she's just kind of a woman who's just like. It reminds me of um, in the movie The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy,
3: mm-hmm.
4: when guys keep coming up to Melissa McCarthy on the street being like, "Hey, like we banged and you never called me," she's like, "Guys, you gotta. I don't. I
1: don't want. We're not." getting but that's not, that's not who she was though. Yeah, she I was kind of like, what she was like. That. She was no, because she was she was she was going on a date. Who are you on a date with? You know, Fabio, his neighbor's cousin. Like she was self deprecating about the kind of losers she was going this out is with. This is true. And also, but the thing about and, and and her plot line with Kate Capshaw was essentially yes. like you're that prettier was prettier than me. Yeah, and you think that because of that, the love letters for you and it couldn't possibly be for me. And that I think was that right. was really kind of. Good stuff. I think the, yes. the the thing that we forget about Ellen's DeGeneres, and this sounds nuts, but it's true, is she's really fucking funny. Yeah. Like yeah. she built her career by being funnier than everybody else. Yep. And like yes. funnier in the moment, and wittier with a line and unique deliveries, and like she's the funniest. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff over the last like five years that should not be discounted or ignored, and anyone in Hollywood knows, you've heard it for 20 years. We, everyone's mm-hmm. everyone's heard it, so this isn't like news to us, yep. but uh, it, it has certainly you know, it's certainly blocked out yes. our memories of Ellen DeGeneres, the very funny person. Totally like the agree. great stand-up, the great talker, the person who like Legitimized like liking American Idol, the person who like you know legitimized dancing on her television show. Like there was, Ella Jenner's is one of the more difficult um, Hollywood celebrities to to circle the square for me in so many ways, uh, because she really has brought so much joy to so many people and so much validation as we you know discussed with Jordan last week. To particularly like young lesbians, mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting. But yeah, she's so it's, funny. It's,
3: I mean, she's she's very funny. I think that you know people have mentioned this online with the you know with obviously with the revelations about Ellen and all of that that came out over the past few years. But like you know her sign off every single episode is be kind to each other, <laughs> yeah. be good to each other, like that is and and, and I and I believe that she believes that. I don't I'm not suggesting that she oh doesn't God, believe that. I don't yes. think that it's a lie. I mm-hmm. just think that, you know, the business is the business and there's a bunch of shit that can make people into monsters. Have you guys but I I
1: have, I have a sense maybe you have, but I'm not going to name any names. But if mm-hmm. you guys worked for people like this who think they're like the world's fucking nicest person and they're really <laughs> mean people but they they, you know, they'll sit around yeah. and be like, I don't get it. I'm so nice. Like I'm j ju- i am I do everything the yeah. right way. I'm yes. the nicest yeah. person. Yes. Yes. It's yes. it's yes. it's a form of narcissism, which yeah. she probably is. She's probably a narcissist. Like she's mm-hmm. had like a lot of really fucking amazing things happen and she probably has totally. like...
4: And some terrible you know, things happen too. Yes, and She came out and her, and her entire the show got, got canceled. Killed.
1: Well, it was interesting timing because I, I was, you know, it was interesting. This is 1999, the show, mm-hmm. uh, the, the puppy episode when she came out happened in 97. Yep. People mm-hmm. do forget that it wasn't like she came out and then she got canceled. She came out and there was this weird little gradual like we accept you, we accept you. Nah, I don't no, think we accept think we you. Accept you. Yep, you're like what exactly. didn't Mr.
4: happen the Wrong. next day? Remember that movie Mr. Mr. Wrong? Mr. I think I... was before
1: she came out. Correct, okay. correct. And then uh, but she's obviously playing a straight character here. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it's kind of famously, you know, it's famously kind of chronicled in that time cover that. Had her come out on the cover, and say, Yes, I'm gay, mm-hmm. and, or Yep, I'm gay, I think. Yep. And then uh, the Entertainment Weekly cover about 18 months later that said, Yep, I'm too gay. So I do think that that's about the, the system, the, 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 the timeline. And then it took her maybe three or four years, I think four years to get yep. her talk show. And yeah, he her, show starts me-
3: a, her show starts in 03. Um, finding just, Nemo I'm,
4: was what, 01?
3: Uh, no, Finding Nemo is uh, 2003 as well, so it's the same year. Okay. She, I mean, the, she, and also it should be said too, like, the show wasn't like a hit right out of the gate. Like, it took time. It needed to build, I mean, as as is the case with a lot of these daytime shows where, like, you know, it takes some time before people can suss it, out whether it, they want it this It
1: definitely not. wasn't one of those DOA about, shows no, that no, 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 all the
3: time with Celeste. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I, I think that it is, you know, I'm just, I'm looking at her filmography here, you know, she's got Mr. Wrong in 96. Uh, she's got Dr. Doolittle. I guess she's a voice in Ninety-eight, she's got EdTV Love Letter in ninety-nine, Finding Nemo in 03. So really, she's in sort of ninety-nine. She is in a real kind of she's in the tall grass. Like what's what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? Um, you know, she does. She hosts SNL. Um, she's on Will and Grace. Uh, she hosts the she hosts the Emmys in two thousand and one, um, and then she gets her show in 03. She does a stand-up special here and now in two thousand and three as well. So, like, it's all kind of – it all kind of comes together for her in the early 2000s. But Time was slower yeah. back then. But- sure, yeah, sure. I, it,
1: like, it's it just like, like two years now, that's yeah. that's 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 a, a nap. Yes, But yeah. two years then did feel like she was in, in, for in sure. the fucking desert. Yes, because like, well, there sure. was no
4: other outlets for her. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. What you point. couldn't see a podcast with her. It was just you're either on also- television or you're in the movies or you're not.
3: For sure. And, and the crazy thing is, I mean, we all remember this moment when she came out. It was a big deal. And what's amazing is that how quickly something that seismic and that sort of like media centric or whatever, and then just like just disappears. Like the town just Mm -hmm. literally forgot her number or was just like, we are just not interested in this, which is crazy to think
1: today. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's not that crazy. It reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick. Reminds me. Oh, of that's like, interesting. That's and interesting. that's lasted a lot longer than you're totally years. right. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, me, you know, and there because there was a groundswell of support right after, yes. and like mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, kneeling, and a lot yep. of like a lot of celebrities, a lot of endorsements, a lot of yep. people were on his side, and then they lost his number. Like it, there is this moment where yep. the people in charge decide, all right, we've lent our support, and now it might be more trouble than it's
2: worth. So,
3: yeah, yeah I, I think it's It also becomes just. I mean, money talks, right? you know and at a certain point they start to you know you start to crunch numbers you start to look at this and to your point Kenny you start to say like the investment of my time versus the amount of money that we can make off this thing and this is all terrible but that's it is a business and unfortunately that does come into play um, I, I want to talk just for a quick second about Gloria Stewart who is in this film as well oh boy uh, looking somehow considerably younger than uh, in Titanic in Titanic she looked like she was 500 years old they and made it was, her look older yeah,
4: yeah she's supposed to be like 102 yeah
3: it's, 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 it's she She's, I mean, she is very old in this movie and seems like they were just like, how many takes can we get out of Gloria? I'm <laughs> so
4: confused as to why she was even a character. Like, what did she add to the story? Why was she there? I have no idea. Where did she come from? Why Why she didn't she rap?
3: Yeah, why didn't she rap? That's a very good question. Um, <laughs> so I want to... There's just a couple... We've pretty much talked about a lot of the plot, but I do want to kind of jump her into a couple things that I think are worth noting. Um... We talked a little bit about the Jennifer and Johnny, which is the um, the Julia Nicholson and Tom Everett Scott stuff. Um, they have this really cute, like their basketball scene together. With like their their crush, her crush on him, and they, their relationship was a bright spot in a movie that's supposed to be overtly romantic. Because
1: she's so she's so she's so natural. Weird. Yeah, she's really and, yeah. yeah. she's great. I mean, I know Corinne hates her, but she she's was great. fine. she was also
4: like she was also like the voice of like feminist politics in this movie which i kind of enjoyed because she gives this whole speech at the beginning about how women um are liberated in their 40s and 50s after menopause because they no longer are like tied to childbearing and that gives them like sexual freedom or something that's kind of something that i said within the first 20 minutes of this movie i was like okay Guess that's I, yeah,
3: I like you know. I like when Jennifer cuts off all her hair. I like that. Yeah, she, like that. She really kind of tries to. Start, I, I, like Jennifer is unquestionably the most interesting character in this movie, as far as I'm concerned.
4: Let's watch that movie. Yeah, her I would. And I, Tom Everett Scott banging some older totally. lady we never see. <laughs> we never have to see her. We just hear about
3: it's, her. It is, it is a better movie. I'm not gonna lie. Uh yeah, I mean it's I mean, ultimately, as we've discussed, I mean, basically this love letter just kind of bounces around a bunch. Um, this this college student played by Tom Everett Scott is working at the bookstore and starts an affair with Helen played by um Kay Capshaw. Uh, a love affair that starts because she thinks he wrote the letter and she thinks he wrote the letter. Sorry. He thinks she wrote the letter and she thinks he wrote the letter. Um, so it's you know, again, it's 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 a hot, sexy love affair based on a misconception and miscommunication. Um, that then kind of turns into a real love affair for him. He's he apparently really falls yes, for her. He, he definitely really falls for her. No, she doesn't she doesn't fall for him. Me. She's mm-hmm. in love with Tom Selleck, but is not cognizant of that. Can you Kenny, shaking that off?
1: No, I don't. She, she's not. She's she's a she's a woman without a drive. Like yeah. okay. okay. No, she she's gets, Diane Lane in um, Under the Tuscan
4: Sun.
3: Interesting. She's she has
1: a, a
4: sexual awakening
3: w- without Tuscany. But there's like yeah. a po- there's like a postcard thing. Her and George had a thing when they were in high school together. If I'm not mistaken, I
4: couldn't I couldn't even follow the, that.
3: Th- the thing
1: was very simply that they she's went to like, high school right. together. and but he, he, had he went a crush to work at some point. And he uh, he had a crush on her, and he and, you know we find out at the end of the movie he once wrote her a love letter and or a little uh, love but there was note. like a, a hidden pa- a hidden portion of the postcard that he she had wrote never her a read. postcard so stupid. in an envelope which is some some silly thing that they like set like always oh, use an envelope with a postcard uh, what <laughs> oh
4: I thought the postcard uh, had like a slit inside no, of it no like he took like an they... exacto knife and stretched it no, no they like set with... up
1: this idea that yeah. Like, we should you should always use. It's absurd. Oh, it at the beginning when he's trying to mail. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, you should always use. <laughs> you should always use an envelope with a postcard. Uh Why? What? No. So why was he um, in New York? Did they say he went there for work? <laughs> he went with he, his he, kids. He's t- taking his kids. No, no no, no, no. That's, that's at the well, end of the all, movie. All, back in the all house. great firefighters learn firefighting in New York. It's a firefighting capital of the world. Okay. Everyone knows that. Okay. <laughs> but um, Every, everyone knows that. Well, everyone knows that. Every New Every New Yorker knows that. I don't know. It's one of one of our. But hold on, teacher. but the, the hidden part the of, of
3: the postcard to her back in the day that she never read was that, that he I'm said, like, I want to spend I the rest you. of my life with you. Yes. Yes. And she reads that later in the film and she's like, yes. Oh my god.
1: It's the real love letter.
3: And then they and then they have this conversation where she says, I I,
1: I up until today I never read that part. Do you know, do like, you know that the Italian Adam? title of this is Love Letters? <laughs> oh, well,
4: that's more poignant, isn't it?
1: Someone has to get that joke. Someone out there listening gets that joke.
4: Love letters.
1: Do you get Love that joke? Letters. Because there's two of them. Did you, no, no. Do you get that joke? I had to explain the joke. I don't. Wait. Know that I, let me use the,
4: my brain for a second.
1: The, the, the bicycle uh, thief. Oh, no, I don't. Okay. Also I don't known as bicycle thieves. And there's an open question. As, have you seen The Bicycle Thief?
3: I've seen The Bicycle Thief. Sure. There's an
1: open question as to whether it's, it was intended to be The Bicycle Thief or The Bicycle Thieves. And there's an ongoing debate about which is more poignant. Whether it's fighting The Bicycle Thief or The Bicycle Thieves. That's it.
3: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's well, so that's <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> I, I just think. I that,
1: know that some of our listeners got that joke. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they like and it. And hate me for explaining it. I think they like it. I'll just say this.
3: I just feel like the, there's so much baked into this Helen George relationship. And they whiff at the end because to Kenny's point, and I agree with him, Helen's character is this woman without a drive. She doesn't know what she wants, um, but she knows that George isn't right. And George kind of senses that. And then it's kind of like that movie just kind of ends with this like limp like what the fuck am I invested? Like what am I, I supposed had to care about?
4: No idea how she felt about George. Ninety percent of me felt like she pitied him, and ten percent felt like she wanted to bone him immediately and marry him. But then she said pitied nothing. I yeah, mean, I think pity, it was pity, pity was a, right?
1: Yeah, yeah pity. he was a pitiful. I, he was a pitiful character. Yeah.
4: At the end of the day, he's like they're having that emotional scene where he overhears her talking to the young hunky Tom Everett Scott, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I love you." He overhears that she she stumbles in on him, and he's like, oh, "I'm taking the kids to New York City." He just like walks away. We're like, what? Why? And she just kind of stands there and then that's pretty much it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, listen, I I I watched this movie and I was fine with it. I was like, you know what? I don't hate this. This thing's yeah. okay. And now we've been talking about it. And I'm like, fuck this movie.
4: I hate I it know. so I much. Know. I hate it so much I I watched really... it this morning too.
3: That's so
2: it's in me I...
4: still.
3: <laughs> it's still what? in me. I let's. I, I would like to. I'd like to rate this, Corinne, because I want to. Um, I want to ask you about the movie we're doing next week, which is uh, mm-hmm. a, a Toronto movie. So I want to. Oh, I want to talk about fun. that. Uh, I hope that you've seen it or, or know it exists. Um, so. I'm going to go first. I didn't see this movie in 99. Uh, I Before this podcast, shockingly, I can't believe I'm going to say, I gave this movie a 60 coming into this podcast. Uh, I thought this movie was kind of cute, kind of endearing, didn't hate it. It was sort of no, on. No. And I watched cromulent. it. Per- perfectly cromulent perfectly movie.
2: Cromulent.
3: And and, uh, and then we talked about it for the past you know hour or so. And uh, I'm down to a 40 now. I can't really recommend this film. I, I don't think this movie is a total Total fucking fart like it's not a bad like it's not a movie that i would be like run away from this movie but i certainly wouldn't say like this is a movie that that anyone needs to see um i think that there's some good stuff in it i think that k Capshaw isn't totally right but i did watch this film and think to myself i kind of wish that k Capshaw was in more things that could have used her talent which she has um i think it's got a good cast Across the board for the most part, I think that there's just some i think that i think the actors in this movie are good i think they're miscast at a, at a lot of places but uh what about you, Kenny? what would you think
1: I think you nailed it for me. Everything you said is more or less what i felt, uh including that I went above fifty before i w- I gave it a fifty four yeah. I was prepared to give up a like slightly below a fifty and then I kind of felt a little charmed by the the ending ending, so I went yeah. a little above my the last thing I said was uh Oh, fuck it. So <laughs> I, I went ahead and gave it. A, I said it has... It, I said it... it I, a, great,
3: a great review. A great, great, great. I
1: said uh, it, it has the tone of a romantic comedy and the pacing of a French romance. So I feel you. Sure. It's, it's just no good. It has no pop. No elements are above replacement level. But I remain not offended so I think I was ultimately not offended not yeah. the world's greatest review um I'm slightly offended I guess slightly offended i'm gonna I'm gonna drop it down uh, to a 45 um yep. movie, you know like look the, it's you know it's interesting because Phil, you and I have like slightly different metrics for the would you recommend yes. yeah, you tend to say if someone said to you should I watch the love letter would i recommend it and I tend to think if I was given like the the blanket task of watch a movie, and someone said, "Well, what do you? I want to watch a romantic comedy." Would I say, "Go ahead and watch the love letter"? And the answer is absolutely not. But I would not say like I would not like ever say like, "Oh, it's just a horrible movie." This is an example of a horrible movie. The way Love Stinks is um, right, 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 right. So forty five. This movie exists. Ahead, I, I,
3: I want to just one quick thing, Karim before you do your reading, yeah. I, I do want to just relate to the audience what the final, final moment of this film is, is that the letter gets pulled out of a window out into
1: the world to create more romantic hijinks. More <laughs> uh,
4: and a feather style.
1: Better than that. Better than that. At, le- at least I know romantic hijinks are coming as opposed to... <laughs> More forest gumps? Amazing. <laughs> uh Corinne, what's what's your uh what's your rating? More feathers? Oh. More birds? I don't that
4: you don't like forest gumps either. There's a more lot pillows talk about
3: pillows. This is more, the thing. He's you, you, gonna walk Corinne, in in people's Tom, lives. Corinne if Corinne loves oh, Tom Hanks, love she's willing to Hanks. she's really willing to go anywhere that Tom is
1: willing to take her. It's and really Phil really cool. knows my feelings on Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh so.
4: boy. Yeah, wow, that so murder. maybe this is the root of all these Secret problems. I understand.
1: Um all right,
3: Corinne, what's All your right, rating?
4: Well, I, after I watched it, I was at a stone-cold 12. Wow. So fuck this movie. If you like romantic comedies, if you like good storytelling, if you like chemistry, if you like to be interested or mildly engaged in what you're watching, if you like to laugh more than like just smile and go, that was almost a joke, this movie <laughs> is not for you. After this discussion, I'm at a hardcore four.
3: Wow. Four. That might zero. be the lowest rating we've ever had on this podcast. This kid. movie
1: sucks. It could have been good, and it sucks. I think we've I think we've had some guest throw zeros out there or ones because they've hated be movies true. even more. That I've I've, I've I gave Chill Factor a three. You did. Um <laughs> four, But crew this is like Cris's like fourth or fifth time on the pod. Yeah. And Correct. uh, you you certainly know the deal. You know <laughs> that yeah. you know that I you know will what I like. Will be judged. On this, you can't do like, yeah. we have people come out, and be like, oh, it's a hundred. It's like, dude, yeah. it's out of 99, but we're not going to. Correct you, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. you are uh, giving it Listen, a four. That's, that's, it's, that's a four.
4: it's a four like because it got made. Like it. making like a movie you. is hard, so you get four points just for showing up and writing your name so down. It you know? was in
3: focus, and people could be heard, their lines could be recorded. had properties. a
4: beginning so, and an end, and there was credits at the beginning and the end. And I, I, like the four four. I like the town. I like the town. I'll give it four, four. for just the town.
1: I respect the savagery. I respect it. I respect As it. I said, I do think this movie deserves to be savage because it is a pure vanity project. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think you know there's nothing charming about its uh, inception. It is it is pure vanity. But Kate Capshaw doesn't seem like like a Louise Linton type character. Yeah, no, she does not seem van- like a Louise Linton. Made- but by the way, I all I've seen from Louise Linton's movie is the one scene that everyone saw, and that is significantly more interesting than anything in this movie.
3: Yeah, I, I, watched thought, the, I watched the trailer for whatever her movie is called. And that thing's, uh, awesome. it, you know, yes. Anyway, there's sorry. a movie
4: called Something's Gotta Give. Starring Dan- Diane Keaton. Everyone's seen that. Yes, that's a great seen this movie.
3: Yeah, we've seen this. Okay, movie.
4: Okay, I, I don't remember liking it, but I'm guarantee you that movie is way better than this. Yeah, it's 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 movie. the it's kind a hot younger yeah, that's a, guy.
1: That's sure. a Nancy, Nancy Myers. That's not any, Nancy fair. Nancy Myers does it.
3: anything that's better. Anything.
4: She's, Nancy she's, does. I <laughs> want to know if Nancy Myers watched this movie and said, "Fuck this movie." Well, I Nancy I Myers did not watch this better.
1: We we didn't bring up we didn't bring Nancy Myers, but I we did we did talk a lot about the uh, or at least I went on and on about how i made the point of saying in my review replacement level right, which is right. you know which is a sports term for like the the if you pulled the, the next guy up from triple a in baseball the the amount he would give you so basically if you pulled any actor off of say off broadway and put them into this role and mm-hmm. any of these roles they probably give you this performance a professional actor any given professional actor can give you this level of performance right any given professional director can give you this level of of direction from this movie. Sure. Nancy Myers is not a replacement level director. Correct. She is a she is a super expert when it comes to this type of film yeah. that elevates like pretty rote material. Generally, uh, not the material, but you know the settings, the complications, the dynamics. Like this is mm-hmm. something we've seen over and over in romantic comedies, and she always takes it to a far more interesting and engaging place. Because she's a really, really good director in a very not showy way. Yep. And this film, <laughs> yep. if directed by Nancy Myers, could have been highly watchable. A hundred percent. If Nancy Myers did this movie, this movie would but be But she probably, probably would great. never like, she would probably never waste her time with a movie called The Love no. Letter about the way a love letter makes people fall in love. That's no, she probably would.
4: But It's just too gimmicky for
1: her. She's it's, not a gimmick. Like the thing I love about her so much and I do love her and her movies, is how mm-hmm. not gimmicky she is. I agree. So. They're, just, they're just people yep. having even life. Like a movie like, even a movie like The Holiday, which is like a little gimmicky, like that's a thing that people do. Yeah. You know? So she's
3: not a high concept writer, which is no. great. That's why no. that's why her stuff mm-hmm. is great. So yeah. next week, Corinne, we are having uh Chandler Lebeck is coming back. She's a Globe and Mail uh, critic and also a writer director in her own right. She just finished shooting her New film.
1: Uh she's kind talk- loved her uh take on Guinevere, Guinevere so yes. decided to have her back.
3: Um we are talking about last night. Have you seen that movie, Corinne? Do you know what that movie is? Oh um, boy. Give uh, me more. I'll tell you more. Uh, Don McKellar okay. wrote and directed this film. Uh, okay. Sandra O oh is in it, as is Sarah Paul And it is a sort of. Canada's fine. It's essentially a. It's oddly kind of a post apocalyptic movie about the last night before the world ends. And it is. I'm sure you've seen the poster, Corinne, because it was basically. Uh, I think it was Queen Street. And it had one uh-huh. of the streetcars that was like. It had this sort of like post apocalyptic Queen Street vibe where like all okay. the. You, you would know it if you saw it. It's a really great film. Film. it's a film that um was was relatively big in canada at the time obviously mm-hmm. it didn't fall on corinne's radar at the time well, but... i
4: should say that i was not cool and i liked really <laughs> bad things so if it was this is, this is not true. if it was if it was good then i probably didn't
3: see it it's a really sandra oh is absolutely phenomenal in it uh, as is don mckeller um and it's just got it's it's really just a very sort of it's kind of a high concept, talky movie um, mm-hmm. that I just really, really loved, and I'm really looking forward to, to rewatching it. Um, it came out in the states in 1999. It came out in '98 in Canada, so perhaps you know, you were how old were Words. you in '98, Corinne?
4: Um, I was 13, and I would have probably just watched You've Got Mail. So right. that
3: was my right. that's that what was I was doing. Kenny's face. Um, but uh, <laughs> but we're we're gonna talk about last night, which um, I'm excited to watch again and I'm excited for Kenny to see because I think hopefully I'm you a like it. Big fan. I'm gonna
1: watch L-
3: it too. Lo-fi and I think I think this is going I think you're gonna like
1: this movie. My kind of stuff
3: um it's got a cavalcade of canadians in it um he it's says Sarah Polly, right sarah paulie's in it i uh-huh. believe i want to say that hold on just one quick second before i speak at a turn here i want to make sure that i uh have this movie right um it is uh yeah sandra yes. oh sarah paulie david cronenberg is awesome this one i knew he was but i wasn't sure uh yeah it's uh it's great it made like no money. Um, so no one really saw it. But uh, it's a great movie. But we will. We are going to watch it. It's going to be great. We're going to talk with Chandler about it. Um, but more than anything, Corinne, thank you for being here and talking about thank it. Thank you Corinne. so much for oh, having me. Always a pleasure. And always a up pleasure with my having you. Oh my God. For this
4: film.
3: Please. It was okay. great. It was worth it for Could the, you put the, up the with 40 minutes on for... Uh, uh, yeah, eight eight you've eight got eight mail. mail. It was great just having, uh, <laughs> having yeah. that.
4: That's not yeah. over. I'm going to find oh, out. Thanks. Fox, well, he He's
3: out. That. This, is he okay. Said, okay. Tom. this is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah, Chad Hayes
1: for life. <laughs>
3: Also, please check out our Reddit as well at reddit.com backslash podcast like We're also on Twitter at podcast like it's. We're also on Instagram at podcast like it's. Thank you to Ernie and Will for producing our episode, Sullivan for our social media, Yonkatas for our artwork and theme songs. And most of all, thank you all for listening.